I'm Hera. And I'm Aisha. And we are the Mocha Single Mothers by Choice, or SMCs. Like you, as SMCs, we decided to become mothers knowing we'd be the sole care provider and parent of our children, at least at the outset. And the Mocha is for Black. We discuss being SMCs from an intentionally Black lens. You'll connect with all the interesting and fun things about this non-traditional path. Like how you decide which sperm to use, the cold, hard truth of fertility, your reality of dating as a single mother who doesn't have a co-parent to rely on for occasional childcare, and what it's actually like to parent as an SMC. This is the Mocha Single Mothers by Choice podcast. Happy Monday, everyone. Monday. I don't know. I'm not here for it today. Like, (laughs) I'm not here for Monday. (laughs) No, I just want to start over. I am. Yeah, I think I called you because I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like I just had a, a day's worth of emotions happen all in the hour and a half. That was my Monday morning. So, oh, my gosh. So how what happened? Okay. So late last night, some of the moms were like, do you guys know that tomorrow is picture day? And so we we're like, okay. So got snagged a 845 appointment for picture day. So I knew it was picture day. I let Noel know it was picture day and that's how our morning started. So Mondays are already rough because you're coming off of the weekend with the kids. And so it's just like, okay, Noel, I want you to wear something nice today for picture day. Go pick something up. So they have to do it on the Monday after daylight savings. Like that seems like it's almost like a parenting sabotage. Yes. Yes. They they, they set us up for failure. So anyway, so she comes with these, these outfit choices and I'm like, no, uh uh-uh, no, no, well, no leggings, go pick some jeans. She comes back with another pair of leggings. And I'm like, those are still leggings. And so then it's just like, well, all right. I had this nice little Minnie Mouse shirt. You know, you want to wear that and you can wear leggings under it. No. So I'm like, okay. So then she goes, gets a shirt. She's like, it's red. It's, you know, I can wear leggings, but it's got a little bit of paint on it. A lot of bit of paint on it. Noel. No. <laughs> so anyway, so we're no- negotiating outfits. So finally I was like, you got one more try before I pick one out for you. And you know, the whole drama that I told you all last week was just like, oh my gosh, over clothing. So anyway, she finally picked out, you know, her outfit. She's not happy with it. So she's crying and I have to do her hair for the photos. Right. Cause it can't be any other kind of way. So it, it's the whole hair thing and tears. And it's like, so that was the morning trying to get her out. We finally found an outfit that we both agreed on. And she's trying to explain to me her emotions. And I'm like, Noel, we can talk <laughs> in the car. I'm not here for it. <laughs> we can talk in the car. I'm trying to get out of here. So anyway, the two-year-old, the 21-month-old decides that it's going to be, this is the time she's going to, you know, be all independent. So she's grabbing the diapers, you know, the, the diapers that come in the sleeves, like, you know, big old diaper sleeve, like she's doing something with it. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I'm just like, fine, here, take your little bag and you can it's drag your bag. It's the pile on, I think. They're like, oh, oh things they were sideways. Let me just pile. They were both in cahoots. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So haven't (sighs) taken a shower and nothing. I'm like, we got to get out of here because we have to make the 845 appointment. So anyway, so we get outside and the toddler is like taking her sweet time, getting to the elevator. The doors are about to close. I'm like, no, well, you can hold the door. So one foot in the elevator door, the toddler is all the way at the end of the hall. I'm like, come to mommy, come to mommy. And she's just like, no. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So anyway, so finally gets her in front of the elevator. She drops down. 
And it's just like, I'm chilling right here on the floor (laughs) outside the elevator. So anyway, Noelle's like, mommy. That's where they're like, mama, try me. Try me. (laughs) Noelle's like, mommy, just get, just let me go. And I'll get myself in my car seat. And so anyway, I was like, no. So the door closes. I'm like, Noelle, you could hold the door. So then she's just like, so she finally presses the button, whatever. It was just shit show trying to get to the car. So we get in the car, the toddler's crying. I'm like, whatever. So closes the door sense of quiet in the garage (laughs) right then I have to get in the car so anyway drop the baby off get Noelle to her appointment and you know it's freezing this morning so I'm standing Mm -hmm. outside like you do on the um play dates at the playground so freezing 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 she gets in she takes a picture success I was like did you did you get it but on the way to the school I was like, Noel, because I knew I needed to talk her through her emotions in order for her to get a good picture. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Noel, what is it? You, why didn't you like your clothes? Mommy, I just didn't like those clothes. They just weren't me. They didn't match. I want to be perfect. Define for me what is perfect, Noel. Well, perfect means it should match. It should go together. It just Aww. did it. And I was just like, okay, well, what kind of clothes do you like? Because we're coming up on spring anyway, and I have uh-huh. to buy her filler clothes anyway. So she's just like, I like things with, you know, the emojis. So she got so animated. She's like, you know, I want the emojis that smile, you know, like the one shirt you got me where I can put the things up and they go one way and push them down. The oh, sequins, that's like all lands the in, yeah. right. The lands in shirts where you got the sequins that you can go up and down. I was like, okay, I can do that. I was like, well, what do you like for pants? She was like, well, I don't want them just boring. Like I like them with colors and patterns. Like the, the polka dot circle ones that I gave you, they had colors and they had patterns. You like pattern stuff? Yeah. I like the fun patterns and the colors. And I was like, is that why you chose those sneakers? Cause she got these new sneakers uh-huh. and I'm like, but they had like all of these colors. I was like, is that why you chose those sneakers? And she's like, yeah, I like the colors and they had so many patterns. I was like, I thought you said you liked them because the boys like them. She was like, no, I like them because I like the colors and the patterns. So anyway, talked her all the way off the ledge in the seven minutes it took for us to get to her school. So then I was just like, you know, I'm trying to buy a house. So I'm like, I need to do this drive-by for this house. So we're like in the, in the neighborhood. So I was just like, fine. So we get in the car and I'm like, I think I can do it. So anyway, so we do the drive-by to the house. Mommy, where are we going? This doesn't look like we're going back to the Y. Where are we going, Mommy? We saw these all houses the this weekend. We all saw questions. all of these houses. Noelle, there are a million houses that we will pass every day. But Mommy, we saw these houses. Oh, is that the one? I kind of like that house. Yeah, uh-huh. So anyway, so finally, get her to the, uh, to the to the school, drop her off. And I'm like, I'm done. But I'm like, all in the span from seven o'clock to just about nine fifteen. Well, and then you have to start your day, right? Like, I think that's the hardest thing about these mornings. It's like, you can't just like be done with them and then be like, Oh, I'm going to like calmly drink my coffee now. Because then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I have to like be at work now. Right. Like, I have to transition like- quickly transition. Yeah. I just had to take, I have to, I'm taking a sick hour. <laughs> I, I need I need I need um a mental health hour like I just need to to just process and ease into mm-hmm. to my Monday ease into my week because yeah so I have had a lot of like my 24 hours has been a lot of like soul searching as a parent 
because things have been super crazy and not just like crazy out of the ordinary crazy, just like crazy, you know, normal parenting things. But I think because of the pandemic, I just feel like I get to the end of the weekend and I'm just drained. Right. Whereas like normally the weekends are supposed to recharge you. I'm just like, oh, you know, it's like I get to Monday and I feel like I haven't had a break. Right. And so this morning, my daughter comes up to me, my older daughter goes, um, she's like, you're always mad at me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, we're doing this. <laughs> I, I guess we're having this conversation. Right. <laughs> and she's not wrong. I think part of it is that I just, I don't sugarcoat things. Right. My East coast black mom personality is just like, look, if I said it, that's what I said, do it, do it now. Right. Like I'm not going to sit there all in my feelings and be like, well, how does that make you feel? Like, that's just not my personality. It's not my personality as a mom. It's not my personality at work. Right. Like if I want something, I ask for it. And I just don't, I don't speak in riddles. Right. But I understand that from a kid perspective, this can be very harsh. Right. And so I also know that when I get busy and I start multitasking, like what I can't stand about this age and, and by this age, I mean like old enough to kind of like have these negotiations with you, which is what my daughter tries to do. Yeah. I'll tell her to do something and she'll be like, but why? That doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, stop it. Just do it. Right. More like, for example, she'll be sitting there watching a show and I'll have to tell her nine times to pick up her socks. And I'm like, are you hearing me? Like, what is going on here? Do we have to get your ears checked? And then she'll get upset at me because the ninth time I ask, it gets ratcheted up. I'm like, I'm not going to ask you nicely again. Right. And she's all like, for her, it's like the first time she's heard it. So she's like, why are you so mad? I'm like, because I've asked you nine times before this and you've ignored me and I need you to pick up your damn socks. Right. Pick up the socks. And so I also am seeing like my, I think because, you know, because I'm mom and there's no dad, it's like, I kind of have to be good cop, bad cop and like everybody. And so I, you know, I, I will, I will often devolve into like, you know, curse words just because like, ah, right. And so I also had my toddler this morning when I was getting her out of bed, I accidentally bumped her leg on the crib. She turns to me, she goes, mama, ow, that shit hurt. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. I get it for watching you. <laughs> I know. And I was just like, okay. I was like, at some point when she's old enough, we're going to have to explain that that's not appropriate language for preschool because I'm sure that I will be dragged into a meeting at some point And they're like, why do your kids have such a foul mouth? Yeah. Um, I just can't do it this morning. Yeah. I'm just not here for Monday today. Like I just, I'm so over it. Um, and I also know that when I have these little moments of like thinking how, you know, I'm, I'm a very introspective person and I, and I, and I take feedback, I think pretty well. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like this was a moment where my kid was giving me like pretty honest feedback. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel like she was just, you know, like trying to get something from it. She was basically like, why are you so mad? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, you know, on the way to school, because she starts today, they started like, uh, full-time instead of the hybrid they were in. So yay, like small win, right? Uh -huh. um, but I, on the way to school, I was, you know, trying to explain to her, you know, why I need her to listen, like 
now, now, instead of, you know, the ninth time. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, before this call, you and I chatted about this a little bit about how, you know, I think you and I both kind of like, you know, and probably based on like previous trauma or whatnot, like we go to here, right. Even if the situation really only requires here, because I think if you've had any sort of trauma in your life, and this could be like anything from like a bad car accident, right. To like violence or whatever, your mind will automatically, you know, go into, I need to prepare for the worst in case it happens. Right. Or even like, you know, even watching the news, like there have been so Mm -hmm. many mass shooting situations. I'm just like, no, when we run, we run. And you know, like, she's like four, she was like four at the time where we started having these conversations, we need to run and you need to listen. And so, you know, kind of parenting, you know, parenting happens in moments Mm -hmm. and parenting with a, a background of trauma if I ever write a book, I, I will, you know, tell that story. Um, my trauma happened really, really at early formative years of my life. Um, um, and I lost my parents. And so that has kind of like influenced almost everything that I've done and what I've become and what I've ultimately become is a survivor. And so mm-hmm. I run many boot camps in my head with my kids trying to get them to be little survivors, even though my trauma is not their trauma. Right. And so, and so my, my, when I'm, when I say, listen, it means something different to me than just like, listen, it's like, listen, it's a catastrophe. Listen, you know, Godzilla is coming. Mm -hmm. Listen, there's a mass. And I think it's also like doing that is what makes us feel safe. And our kids probably don't understand. Right. And it's interesting because as a parent, I now look at some of the things my parents did and like for my dad, for example, I mean, he grew up black in the sixties in Mississippi, right. When like, you know, there's all kinds of crazy trauma going around just by, you know, moving through the world. And so, you know, he raised us, even though in the, when I was young, you know, we were like in new England in like a white area and as a multiracial family, like he was still in Mississippi in the sixties. Right. And so he would do things and have his little like dad lessons. And at the time I'm like, you're crazy. Right. You know? right. And I think that's probably, now I get it. I get it. Right. Yeah. Because we, a parent, we, we, like, each, yeah, yeah, you go back parent. to what yeah. you, you know, like to yourself, you're like, I know that if my kid isn't ever in this situation, I need to give them the tools so that they don't have to like live through it the same way I lived through it. Yeah. Right. And even yeah. though that that's like pretty impossible, like we can't just like we can't imagine or like plan for any trauma that our kid might face in life. And they're going to at some point, right. As a result of just being alive. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, we all kind of just want to make sure that we can keep them as safe as, as possible. And it's, and it's also, I think if I'm honest, like it's for my own mental health, right? Like it's, I do this because it makes me feel safe Mm -hmm. because making, you know, having them, having me feel that that they're safe, it makes me feel safe. Like, and um, so, yeah, I have to check myself because I'm like, I know that I am that mom. I'm that mom who's just like, stop asking me questions. I said, no, we'll talk about it later. You can unpack this whole like, why, 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 you know. I I think what I, what I love about, you know, having 
had the conversation with you this morning is because sometimes you're in your head and you think that you're the only one, right? Like you're the only mm-hmm. one par- parenting through a trauma or parenting in a way that the yeah. outside world might not understand. And it's just like, no, it, it totally makes sense to me in my mm-hmm. head. Right. Yeah. And so, but I think there are a lot of things in parenting that you think is just you. Like we were talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, pick up your socks, pick up your socks. Like how many times do you have to say, and I, I Noel will drop her yeah. clothes. The socks never make it with the rest of the clothes. No, well, come pick up your socks. And we had that moment this morning. I was like, is this just my kid? And you're like, no, and it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's my not mental. And I think that that's one of the things I love about my SMC moms. They totally validate me. I was like, pod, you're my people. Um, because, you know, we get like, you know, the crazies that can happen, the moments where you want to just tag out and tag yeah. someone else in, but we can't do that in the moment with the kids. So once we drop off the kids, we can tag each other and kind of yeah. like, you know, high five and just, you know, have that empathetic um, kind of conversation because it, it is hard. Um, and especially when you have things that trigger you and in the moment you can't always tell, but then once you're outside of it, it's just like, you know, certain things will never happen to your kids. But meanwhile, you're, you're parenting and you're, you're training them for like, you know, life in the wilderness. I mean, but I guess that's part of the problem. Like for me, like in many ways, my worst case happened, right? Like my son was killed. And so I know as a parent, like, you know, before I even had my, my, my oldest daughter, I knew that I was going to have to constantly have these moments where I either checked myself or I like had, um, you know, I, I talked to someone else and was like, I need to be talked off the ledge or I need a sanity check. Right. Because I know that like my natural tendency because of my trauma is to be like, well, oh my gosh, the worst case scenario would be like, we get into a car accident and we're trapped under a building and like, you know, just like all these things. Right. Because for me, my son, you know, he was 15 months and for the better part of his life, like, I mean, I left my ex when he, he was two weeks old. Right. So like most of his life, I was in this state of like, oh my gosh, like what if this happens? Right. And the worst thing actually happened. Right. So, you know, and, and yeah, like I'm, not too proud to say I'm in therapy and probably will be for my entire life because I think it's important. Um, and you know, having survived a trauma, it is especially important. Um, but in moments like this morning, when my daughter was like, why are you always angry? I was like, I need her to understand that it's not anger. It's just, it's just that I care about her and I can't have her. Yeah. I can't have her questioning me. Like if she's running out in the street, And I say, stop, I need her to stop. Stop. Right. I don't need her to be like, why? As she continues to walk across the street. Right. 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 Um, And especially if I've got this two-year-old who I have to grab, you know, at the same time, it's like, I only have two hands and I consider myself a very fit person, Mm -hmm. but I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to run in two different directions at the same time. So I need them to understand and listen. Well, funny, you two things that you brought up that that are, are really interesting. And one of the things that I've really appreciated about doing this podcast is that it's forced me to really reflect a lot. Um, and when you talk about the trauma, like I lost my parents when I was 13. And so when you talk about in, in, in that particular stage of life, the worst thing that could happen is you lose your parents, right? Right. And so now, the worst thing happened. Right. And the worst <laughs> thing happened. And so now that is the lens with which you view the world. Now, as a parent, the worst thing that could happen is to lose a kid. 
Yeah. Right. And so then, you know, so now it, it is a combination of knowing that the worst things can happen mm-hmm. and now parenting and trying to prevent the worst thing from happening at this stage in my life, mm-hmm. you know, is so something I'm going to have to sit with for mm-hmm. a bit to, to understand and unpack that. And I too am mm-hmm. a proponent um, of uh, therapy and am looking for a therapist as well. Um, and not, not just in the moment, but to, to realize and understand my patterns because I don't want my kids to be on a couch in the future because of me, <laughs> because of their own you know stuff. Right. I don't want them to be on a couch because of me. And then the second mm-hmm. thing you brought up was, you know, having to, to, to be in two different places with your kids in an emergency situation. And I think that's one of the driving forces for me to stay kind of fit and healthy, because in my mind, I believe I can carry both the seven-year-old and the two-year-old. And that is the standard that I am working toward because God forbid, I need to grab both my girls and run. I am able to physically do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's definitely my kids are a driving force for me with health. You know, I just, I want to be here. Right. And I also know that if I'm in an emergency, I'm going to have to actually physically pick them up and run. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And I remember, you know, talking to my therapist about these feelings and he described it really well, like a pendulum. He's like, you know, if you can think of a pendulum and normals here, right. And like, there are two extremes and like the one extreme is like, you are kind of like oblivious to, uh, you know, anything bad happening. And then the other extreme is like, you're a catastrophizer, right. (laughs) Or you, you catastrophize stuff. Right. And, um, and he said that, you know, when a trauma occurs, especially like a worst case scenario type trauma, you will swing over to the, like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to die. Mm -hmm. And the worst case is always going to happen. And he was like, and you may have been on this side before the trauma, right? So you're just kind of like, your system is shocked, right? And so part of what, you know, we kind of do as a lifelong journey, I think, is trying to get back to center, understanding that at various points in our life, based on whatever's happening, you may kind of go one way or the other. But the goal is to understand that you have a tendency to go here because of the trauma, Mm-hmm. And that you have to try to bring yourself back to the center. Mm-hmm. And I think do recognizing that we behave as a result of, you know, our life experiences and what happened to us, it helps to figure out like, okay, I, you know, it just kind of is that question in your head. Right. And, and I'm not saying you should ignore your gut. Cause I think that a lot of times we end up in these situations because we don't follow our gut. I know that that was certainly true for me, but I think it's also really important to have a community, right? Because we don't have a co-parent. So you can't go home to your spouse or, you know, your, your partner and say to them, like, am I being crazy or, you know, have that person balance you out. So in the absence of that, it's really important to understand that having friends and family as a sounding board is critical. And it's not, don't, don't think that asking for help makes you a weak or bad parent. I think that it's important to kind of reach out to someone and recognize, like, I don't have every answer. Mm -hmm. And so I have to find another adult whom I trust to be like, okay, I think the pendulum is here. Um, Cause you know, sometimes I'll say that to someone and they'll be like, no, you're right. 
you should right. be worried about that. Right. And yeah. so that's important feedback as well to, you know, and, and I think important to, to have that as a parent. And, and I think for couples too, right. Cause sometimes you can't necessarily rely on your partner to talk you off the ledge. I know many couples where both people are super <laughs> high right. strong. Your, your partner might be the one pushing you. I know exactly. Your partner might yeah, be catastrophizing no. alongside you, you know, and saying, Oh yes, we're all going to catch COVID and die. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you, you have to find pe- people who balance you as a parent. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, so that you're not constantly here <laughs> and having your kid tell you that you're always angry. <laughs> like I did this morning. Aww. Well, I will tell you, Hera, thank you for helping me ease into my Monday because yeah. I was all the way, all the way in here. And I'm like, I, I, I can't adult today. I, and so yes. that's helpful. Now we can go adult. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a great one. All right. Thanks. You too. Well, Pod, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what you heard, share us with your girlfriends. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So tell us what you thought of this episode on social media. On Facebook, we are at Mocha SMC Podcast. And on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Mocha SMC. You can find additional information on the topics from the podcast at our website at mochasmc.com. Till next time, pod. Bye now.